welcome to Mr. Biz Radio, biz talk for biz owners. During the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a leading business advisor and two-time best-selling author, will cover topics that will help business owners run their companies more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to stop faking the funk and take your business onward and upward, this show is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome back to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz Ken Wentworth. And um, for those watching on our new channel, uh, Mr. Biz Network, the Mr. Biz Radio series, um, this is our first actual, we've loaded some shows on, but they were prior shows. This is actually the first show um, on the new network with the series, the Mr. Biz Radio series. We're hoping to be able to do it in our new studio. Unfortunately, as many people are experiencing right now, we had uh, some shipping delays on some equipment. Uh, so we weren't able to have our guests this week in our new studio. And for those watching on TV or on YouTube or wherever, video-wise, uh, I've got a new aerodynamic look. Um, yes, I have shaved my head. And actually, with the screen behind me, it makes it look even a little crazier, I think, especially when I do all this. But anyway, um, uh, this week we have a return guest. And I want to have Mr. Peter Margaritas back on the show because he has recently released a book that uh, is going to be something that will resonate with each and every one of you, no matter where, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, uh, in the corporate world, it doesn't matter. This book will resonate with you. Um, I got an, uh, an advanced copy of the first several chapters of it. And uh, gosh, I guess probably a couple months ago now, maybe three months ago now. And um, it's fantastic. So I wanted to have him on, talk through the book, because I know it'll be helpful for you guys. So without further ado, Peter Margaritas, welcome back to Mr. Biz Radio. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, for those who haven't, uh, if you haven't heard some of the other episodes that uh, that Peter was on, uh, why don't you start, Peter, walking us through a little bit of your entrepreneurial journey. So what led you to where you're at now? By the way, Peter Margaritas is the accidental accountant. I should mention that as well. Correct. So, 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 so maybe you can tell the backstory on that as well. Well, I, I, that's why I'm the accidental accountant. Uh, detail was never really my forte, I, I, but clearly I can pass exams because I did pass the CPA exam. So I'm, <laughs> I'm good at test taking, but not actual doing the work. And uh, when the partners at Pricewaterhouse finally had enough with me, I went my separate way and went to work for Victoria's Secret Catalog. Not as a model, I keep telling you that, Ken, not as a model, but I was there in the finance department. And one of my first reviews, performance reviews, was from my boss. And I, my cheeks hadn't even hit the seat. And she goes, how in the hell did you ever become a CPA? CPAs <laughs> can get down in the deepest part of a spreadsheet. I can get you back this far. You're an accidental accountant. <laughs> that was the nicest thing she had said to me all year long. <laughs> but what I shared with her is that accountants have a stereotype within organizations. A CPA has a stereotype. And we are in the information gathering business. So the more that I can be viewed as Pete, I know that guy versus, oh God, here comes the CPA from accounting and finance. Because I was networking my way around the building so we could get information easier and faster and using that time, my, my free time versus Pete, your cheeks are never in the seat. Well, I'm trying to help us out in this place. But when you want something done, you always ask me to go do it for you, right? Right, because I knew people. Well, and I mean, I think it's a lot of your your personality that comes through is that you are not, at least in my view, and my undergrads in accounting, I never went, I never did my CPA. I, I, my my CPA story, Pete, and I can't remember if I told you this before at lunch or or whatnot, but um, 
I went, so I, I graduated and my undergrad was in accounting. I got a job in accounting and, uh, at, at bank one back then it was bank one. Mm-hmm. And you know, the normal path is you go get your CPA, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to do this. I went to, and I don't even know, gosh, this is probably going to date me too. But back then the, the top one, the top study group or study, uh, 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 books and things like that for CPA was Becker. Right. And so I went to a Becker, I signed up and I went to a Becker class and I saw the work and I'd heard a bunch of horror stories, of course. Mm-hmm. And I really wasn't that into accounting, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I enjoy working with numbers, but that much detail was just a little much for me. And I think similar to you. Right. And so yeah. I saw it. And I, I literally told a buddy of mine, I'm like, you know, I bet if you do all the work that they tell you to do, you'll pass. But man, oh, man, it's going to take you, you know, a bazillion hours a week to get through this. And I just didn't have the passion for it. I'm like, yeah, this is not my path. So I, I'd always planned on I wanted to have my CPA, and my MBA by the time I was 30. Mm-hmm. And uh, CPA got scratched off the list because <laughs> because honestly, I, I went and talked to a mentor and I said, you know, he said, well, what, what type of career path do you plan on, you know, working in a, an accounting firm for your career? And I said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, and he said, you know, honestly, if you if you're not going to do that, getting your CPA probably not going to, you know, your MBA or your ma- or master's right. degree in some sort of financial field will probably do you much better. Um, he said, you know, go do that first. And then if you decide, if your career path changes, go and do the CPA. So anyway, uh, that's mine. So, so you had m- much more gumption, even as the accidental accountant than I did. Cause I, I chickened out after one lowly Becker class. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never took a Becker class. I self-studied and, and oh. I had this, I, I, but I developed a strategy that I didn't even really put a whole lot of work into studying the first time. I wanted to see how well I would do, cause I was just getting out of a graduate program in accountancy, how well I would do. Okay, so I didn't pass anything, but I saw where I was close. I focused on those two sections, and I focused on the other two sections. It took me about three three different times. But I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I'm Greek-American. I really should be in the kitchen, Ken. I, I should be, and actually, that's what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to be a restaurateur. That, that's, and I still have that passion for it, but you know, the hours and things and opportunities just kept presenting themselves in, in a different way. And I probably had about eight or nine different careers in, in, in my life uh, where a lot of people just have had one. I mean, Ken, somebody would have told me 10, 15 years ago that I would write three books and be a best-selling author. And, and my friends go, without crayons? I went, yeah, without crayons. I would have never, I would have never. But it's just being in the right place at the right time and having that entrepreneurial spirit and not and, 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 and grasping on to the fear, leaning into the fear, because that takes us out of our comfort zone where our dreams come alive, hanging out in your comfort zones where your dreams going to die. I agree. I agree. And look, I, I, look, Peter, I'm the same way. Like I, I, I cannot stand writing and I've, I've written two books and I'm, I got a third that's coming out here in a few months and I've got a fourth, uh, it's in draft mode that I kind of put on the back burner because I wanted to change the order of releasing and all that stuff. Same thing. I mean, I cannot stand writing, but I, I developed a little system mm-hmm. of, of how to write a book for me that works for me. Um, it's, it's still painful, but it's not as painful. And, uh, uh, but, but I, I get it. Like I, again, back in my corporate career, before I left JP Morgan, if someone would have told, you know, said, Oh my gosh, you know, I mean, I just left J.P. Morgan. It's been six years, almost six years to the day. I mean, I'm a couple of weeks shy of six years. 
that I would have written a couple books and all this other crazy stuff that has happened. Like you said, it's just, you know, you roll with the punches and you kind of figure things out as you go along. And I think that's the interesting part about it. Um, you can, so I should mention, so we've got to head to a break here, but go out to petermargaritas.com to find out more. You can see the book there, which the name of the book is Off Script, Mastering the Art of Business Improv. Um, but if you go out to Peter, there you go, there you go. Um, if you um, go out to petermargaritas.com, you can find out more there. Follow Peter on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, of course. Um, and we're going to come back after the break. We'll give the Mr. Biz tip of the week, of course, and then we're going to d- dig into this book. And we're going to talk through in the third segment, of course, how to master the art of business improv and what that means. Like, what the heck does that mean? You know, you see these improv shows and comedy and things like that. What does that mean? So we're going to hit a break now. Come back after the break. We'll continue to talk with Mr. Peter Margaritas. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit CheckOffYourList.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at CheckOffYourList.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business. Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. It's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. And this week's tip is actually a quote from one of our former guests, none other than uh, Mrs. Elena Cardone, Grant Cardone's wife. And uh, she, I've heard her speak and she mentioned this at, um, I can't remember if it was at GrowthCon or where it was, but I immediately jotted it down. I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta use this as a tip. So it's the first time it's been a tip. So we, you know, we change up the tips every year and everything, but uh, the quote is be tough enough to take a hit and strong enough to deliver a blow. Tough enough to take a hit, strong enough to deliver a blow. Obviously, not uh, metaphorically speaking, uh, I'm not talking about, you know, violence. We don't need any of that, Peter, right? We don't need any of that. Um, But uh, again, quote from Mrs. Elena Cardone. I love that. And uh, I think it's very uh, spot on with entrepreneurship as a business owner. You got to be able to take those hits because they are going to come. It's just inevitable. I don't mean to be negative. It's just the reality of the situation. And then you got to be ready to, you know, deliver that blow, seize those opportunities when they come uh, and present themselves. Just like, you know, Peter and I were talking about during the first segment of writing books, like neither of us ever expected to do any of that kind of stuff. So, uh, so that is the Mr. Biz tip of the week. So Peter, let's, let's, let's talk about the book. So, so first of all, I mean, in the third segment, I want you to give us some tips on how to master. So, so I don't want you to give away any of that stuff, but what led you, so after writing your first two books, what led you to this book? What, why did this, this topic sort of speak to you and you wanted to write a book about it? Well, the, the first book was Improv is No Joke. So when I wrote that, it was my first book. And 
people get it's a, hey very nice i really enjoy i really enjoy some organizations I, I would go in and help them with it they were that was the the first step into busting that myth of improv is not about comedy and the way i'm looking improv is, is a leadership tool and when i was done with it i had some people come up to me and go you know you need to you need to put a little bit more business into it. You can write a little more towards the, the business audience. And another person would say that. And then my brother-in-law, Clyde, said, Pete, love the book. You need to write it for business. Go get it done. <clears throat> yes, sir. <laughs> um, great guy. And, and, and what I did was is I, I, I put taking the number out of numbers before that because I needed time to research and dig and find articles and stories to really break that myth. That, that improv is made up. And I came across this one story about how Martin Luther King improvised the I Have the Dream speech. And that's how it's titled in the Forbes. That's how it's actually titled. It, there's so much written about it. It's the, it's the worst kept, it's the best kept secret. Because as I kept digging and digging and digging, yeah, the, the night before the big, the, the march, he and his people were working on the speech. And one of his handlers said, let's take out this I Have the Dream piece. We've been using it for six, seven, eight months. Let's put something else in there because the title of the speech then was normalcy never again. So if you watch the video that day, you can see Dr. King, his head up and down, up and down. He's reading it, but he's not getting the response back from the audience that he hoped for. About two thirds of the way through, he, he hesitates for a moment. You don't hear it on the, on the, uh, uh, on the video, but Michaela uh, um, Jackson, was the gospel singer for him that day. And she said, tell me about your dream, Martin. Now people around her heard her say that. And, and at that point in time, Dr. King looked down at his notes and pushed them aside and brought in the I have the dream piece. He didn't have it in his prepared notes, but he improvised it. He brought it in in order to engage that audience. And wouldn't that be great if business leaders could do the same thing, realize that the script that they've written is not having the impact on the audience and change their cadence, change it up to impact the audience. But a lot of times we're thinking about ourselves and this is what I've written, but it's not about you. It's about the impact that you have on that audience and to be able to adapt to something different, to inspire, to motivate, to move them. Well, I mean, look, all the business owners out there that started your business and everything went exactly as you thought it was going to be, raise your hand. Okay, exactly. That, that, and that's the whole point, right? And so improvisation is, whether you realize it or not, is an absolute necessity as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a parent, as a spouse, as a, as a son, daughter, as, a, as, a, you know, as, as everything in life. I mean, you know, it doesn't always work out. Most of the time, it doesn't work out the way you expect. I mean, unless it's some, you know, small thing that you can, you know, pretty, pretty well predict. But so that, and that's what I meant by in the outset when I said this is going to be something that resonates with everyone. It doesn't matter what you do. You don't even have to be a business owner because, again, you know, um, you know Grant Cardone talks about everyone's a salesperson. You know, you might not realize it, but you are selling your kids on eating green beans. You are selling your wife on the certain movie you want to watch. You are, you know, you are selling and, and selling requires improv, right. you know, right. just like we talked about before. And so I think that's critically, critically important. Um, and so, so I guess let's, let's talk about a little bit. So you, again, you've written two books uh, prior. Um, and, and so how long did this take you? What was the process like compared to the first two? 
Well, this one, I, I had put it off in my mind for maybe 22, 23, and then the pandemic hit. And then after, you know, getting out of the fetal position after the first couple of days and going, you know, okay, improvisers, improvise the scene that you're in, not the one you want to be in. I started redesigning my business to, to absorb any type of hits like this in the future. Got that done. Check. Uh, next on my list, I developed a, a virtual improv workshop that I've, I've launched in 2020 and 2021, launched a new one in December, and then I didn't have anything on my to-do list. And this was like August of 2020. And I went, well, I guess I'm going to write the book now because I had done a ton of research. Being the accountant, I had a spreadsheet with a tab for articles, a tab for YouTube videos, a tab for books, a tab for you know TED Talks. All of, and I said, I've got enough to sit down and just start writing it. And I, I, I sketched out an outline and just tried to push out about 1,500 to 2,000 words a week, whether that's in one, one posting or two postings on the topic until I got to about 35, 40,000 words, which was going to be about 180 to 200 pages. <clears throat> Clearly, I went past it because we're at 312. Right. <laughs> so I didn't really realize I had that much, but that was through the editing process. And really from start to finish, it took 14 months, which is about the same time as it took the second book, taking the number out of numbers. But I will tell you this kid, I had more fun with this book from start to finish through the grueling part of editing than I've ever had with any of the other two. There's something about this book that just resonates with people resonates with entrepreneurs. Sure. It, it, yeah, it, I can imagine. I can imagine. And to some degree, it allows them to be strategically silly in their businesses to help generate a variety of different ideas. Yeah. And, and do we need some silliness in our businesses these days? Absolutely agree 100%. <laughs> We've only got about a minute left, but I, I got to ask this question for me personally. So, between all the research you did and then actually sitting down and, and doing the writing. Mm -hmm. So that's where I, I stalled out on this particular book. Mm -hmm. So I did, I was much like you and it, it shows my, my uh, <clears throat> numbers nerd uh, mentality, but I have the same kind of thing, maybe organized a little bit differently, but very similar to what you described. But I did all that and then I was like, in some way I checked the box, like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of done. Like, and I pause before actually getting started. Yeah, it's, um, I, I, I was, I was, I was destined to do this book. This, like I said, this was a lot of fun. And, and, and people have asked me, I mean, you said you're working on number four, you got that. And I'm going, yeah, I'm actually asking those who read my book to supply me with their stories. I'll interview them, whatever, and combine all these stories into a, another book, a, a second edition of it, telling these business stories in this, uh, as it relates to this book. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, we're gonna hit a break. We're gonna come back and Peter's gonna give us tips on exactly how to master the art of business improv. Are you ready to automate your business? Automation is the key to scaling a business and building wealth. It's also one of the most difficult things for a small business owner to do on their own. If you're looking for help with automation, Pulse Technology CRM can help. We have an exclusive offer for Mr. Biz Nation. We will build everything for free, even if it's a sophisticated funnel. Visit thepulsespot.com forward slash Mr. Biz for this exclusive offer. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. 
All right, welcome back to the show. And uh, again, this week we're talking with Mr. Peter Margaritas, author of his third book, best-selling author. I'm going to throw that in there. Can't forget that part. Very, very important and very impressive. Uh, best-selling author of now three books. The third book that we're talking about today is called Off Script, Mastering the Art of Business Improv. And you can find out more at petermargaritas.com, petermargaritas.com. Uh, follow him on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on the gram, as they say, as the kids say, <laughs> Instagram uh, and, and Facebook. Uh, you can find him on uh, Accidental Accountant on uh, his Facebook business page. So, Peter, now we've talked about this. You've you've kind of enlightened us a little bit. I think a lot of people, as you mentioned, think of improv as being funny uh, and, and, and humorous at all times, which it can be, of course, even in the context with you're speaking. But Tell us some ways, give us some tips on how we can master that art in our businesses. Well, it, it starts with the foundation. And this foundation is critical. It's a foundation of respect, trust, and support. Again, I like you a lot, but I don't have to like you. But I have to have respect for you. If I have respect for you, things get done. Now, a situation where neither side has respect for one another is called our U.S. political system. It's my way of the highway, right? <laughs> Right. Uh, and, and we have to be trustworthy and we have to trust our team and we have to provide them support and they need to support us. If one of those elements are missing, the foundation crashes and this doesn't work. Okay. So after that, we all need to become better listeners, listening to understand, not listening to respond, which means you need to park your, e park your ego over there and be completely present, which is the second part of this, present in the moment so you can understand what the person is trying to say by getting rid of a lot of the distractions that are going on in your head. When we do that, we can adapt to any situation in the moment when it comes to us. But here's the, here's, here's the critical piece. Two magic words, yes and. Not no because, not yes but. Yes, and's about agreement, but not always agreeing. Yes, and is about empathy, understanding how somebody feels in their shoes. Yes, and is about creation. Yes, and is about opportunity. Or think of it this way. Ken, you're, going, you're on vacation. You're sitting at the beach at 5 a.m. And when that sun rises, isn't the sunrise the ultimate yes? That we've got another day, it's another opportunity. What am I going to get done today? Because without the sun, we can't survive. And if we take that yes and approach and go, okay, well, what if, somebody said, well, what if it's raining? The sun's still out there. It's still there. Right. We just have, just like, just like the, the turbulence and, 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 and stuff that happens in our business, we still have to keep that positive mental attitude. Yes, and, and, and that's what has helped me in my business because I lean into that fear. I lean into that unknown. I take risks. Some of them don't work. That's fine. I failed. First attempt in learning. I remember that. And I'll go back and fix it and fix it and try to. It, it, it's having that. And it really comes down to how well a listener you are. How well that you understand what somebody else is saying. And, and, and it's really, really hard because we have biases that, that we have. We, we have agendas. We have egos that we want to see done. But. If we can take, this was a, a quote that I, I came up with, the collective knowledge outside of your office far exceeds the collective knowledge inside of your office. Go seek out the solution. 
But a lot of times leaders want to lead from the top down versus going out and getting feedback from their people. We see this with the great resignation. Now, Jamie Dimon said, hey, everybody's coming back to the office. And people go, I'm out of here. Survey yeah. your people. Talk to your people. Have that respect, that trust, and that support for them. Because, again, we're in the people business. Without people, we have no business. And, and that is the essence of improv leadership. And Peter, I got to tell you, so, you know, I, I've heard the heard before, you know, uh, listen to understand, right? Mm -hmm. Not not to respond. I, I've heard that before, but I think especially with what you're talking about, it's critically important because as you were saying that, I was thinking about it and, and kind of mulling it over. And it's like, you know, if I if I'm listening to you waiting to just say whatever my side is or my piece or, you know, whatever, I can't improv mm -hmm. because I've already thought of what I'm going to say. So I'm not even listening to understand what you're saying. So I can't improv. And therefore, the communication, the two-way communications is going to lack because of that, because I'm not uh, improving or adapting to what you're saying, because I'm not understanding it, because I've already made up my mind. I'm going to say these three sentences. Mm -hmm. And so it, it breaks that all down. I love the yes and. Um, I, I love that concept of, of the yes and. So if you, could, if you could walk us through like maybe a quick example of, of how that works. You know, so let's say you, you, you walk into the CFO's office and you go, I got this great idea. So it costs about a million dollars. The CFO will go, mm, no, because it's not in the budget. Or yes, but it's not in the budget. Versus the CFO goes, yes, I, I, I'm interested in let, can you tell me more about your idea? So now we're entertaining the idea and then gets to a point where, well, you know, that's really interesting. Have you thought about this? And the person, yes, I've thought about that. Yes, 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 yes. And so, yes, I hear what you're saying. And did you think about this? And then you get to this one critical point. Did you? Yes, I, I, I understand what you're saying. And have you thought about putting yourself in my shoes, how I'm going to sell it to my boss? And they go, no, back to work. <laughs> Come to me with how I'm going to sell it upstream. And then if I can, we'll get it done like that. And here's why I love it. And, and I, from reading an excerpt from the book and, and talking with you as you were sort of finishing up the last final stages of editing and things like that, no kidding. One of the uh, Mr. Biz tips of the week is start with yes. Yes. Is, is because people so often that, that scenario you ran through in so many situations, especially the CFO, even myself being a CFO, <laughs> Uh, you know, the first thing is spend money. No, you know, the first answer is no. And so, no, start with yes. And, and, and by the way, from what you're saying, it's even better. It takes it a step further. Yes. And right. So I'm going to start with yes. And there's always something else after it. And the yes, but is almost a yes, no. Right. right. So I love the yes. And because it's considering things, you know, it may end up being that when you consider it, it's not a risk you're willing to take, or maybe you just don't have enough money in the budget, even if you try to create space, but you're at least considering it. You're not starting with no, you're starting with yes. And I think that whole mindset changes everything. It's also the willingness to listen to somebody and their ideas. And that's another way of showing appreciation. And people leave work because, how do you feel if somebody's not listening to your ideas or thoughts or anything, just kind of dismissing them? And, and, and to the point of listening is the willingness that someone's thoughts and ideas might change your opinion or might change your mind. It's that willingness to accept it might change. When, as you described, if, if I'm not willing to change, I'm not listening. It's, just, it's dueling monologues. I think 
I just butchered the quote from Alan Alda from years ago. But that's basically what we were saying. It's, it's uh, letting someone talk to you in a way that you'll actually consider and maybe change your mind. Yeah, I think it's super important. Um, and, and again, that whole, you know, you run into this and I know we're running out of time here, but real quick, I want to mention is there, I've seen this in businesses that I work with as a, you know, as a fractional CFO is that the boss or the owner says, we want your feedback. And then as they, someone brings them feedback and the rate rate, it's no, that's a terrible idea or whatever. And so guess what happens? No ideas come in because people go, oh, well, I know how that's going to be received. So I'm not going to do it anymore. So again, this is another way for owners, entrepreneurs, leaders to be able to implement this and actually get feedback from the people that, that it matters most from. Because, you know, as I say, happy employees equal happy customers, happy customers equal happy owner. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just being willing to, in that process, take your ego and take it out of, out of, out of the game for a while. Well, Peter, look, we ran out of time super fast here. Go out to petermargaritas.com. Follow him on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Peter, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Well, guys, uh, look, um, go out and get the book, Off Script, Mastering the Art of Business Improv on petermargaritas.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. And don't forget, as always, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio. To learn how to become part of Mr. Biz Nation, visit MrBizSolutions.com. For access to free weekly content, subscribe to the Mr. Biz YouTube channel and follow him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. To listen to archive shows, you can find them on the Mr. Biz Solutions website. 